Welcome to the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Danielle Banks. I am one of the meteorologists here at weather.com and also on the Weather Channel app. We are happy that you're joining us today because we're about to get some very important updates from our guest, Puerto Rico's Governor Ricardo Rosseo. Uh, Governor, obviously, when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico on September 20th of 2017, it dealt a devastating, devastating blow. Uh, We definitely want to get some updates from you. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for the opportunity. First, let's talk about the letter you released on Tuesday, November 20th, asking Congress to increase federal funding uh, to help with recovery from the hurricane. What specifically needs to be funded? Well, I think there's a a whole host of areas. Uh, Let me first say that uh, Puerto Rico being a a territory, a colonial territory of the United States, from the onset, uh, there is uh, unequal treatment. So there are several things we want to tackle here. Uh, Number one, uh, we want the emergency work, the cost share for the emergency work to be 100%. Uh, You know, this, this wouldn't be the first time. It also happened uh, when uh, with Katrina. Uh, so we're asking that, that that gets extended to Puerto Rico so that we can finish our, our emergency work, which uh, still uh, still has a ways to go. And number two, we're asking for a Medicaid fix. Puerto Rico, you know, uh, has a, a different way of being treated for Medicaid, and uh, unfortunately, uh, right after a couple of years of Affordable Care Act, uh, we fell into a Medicaid cliff, and uh, we need sustainable uh, levels of funding uh, for that uh, operation. So we're asking for a short term, and uh, if at all possible, whether it be in this session or the next one, a, a permanent fix uh, to Medicaid. Uh, number three, we're we're asking for nutritional assistance support. Um, you know, we were uh, we were granted that on the first supplemental. It's been very helpful for our for our folks, and uh, we think we need a, an extension there. And then. Uh, there are some other considerations, taxing considerations, uh, credits that can be used for, uh, you know, to promote uh, and to move our economy and tourism in particular, uh, uh, as well as big, big scale projects. One very big social project uh, it's, uh, uh, that needs to be developed over here. Uh, so those are uh, the considerations that we're asking for on this on this supplemental. We do want to move on and, and talk about something that I know is still so difficult to talk about, and that is the, the death toll from the storm, yep. um, Maria. And, and earlier this year, it was revised from 64 to uh, 2,975. Uh, what happened and what made you make that very brave decision to come out and say, I take responsibility for this? In, in the eye of the storm, storm, uh, particularly in the biggest devastation, a lot of things are, are going uh, are going on, and you have to have the capacity as as a leader to to evaluate, uh, to recognize when uh, certain protocols fail, and uh, uh, to move forward and, and fix them. So, uh, you know, we right after the storm, we didn't have energy, we didn't have uh, access to water, uh, hospitals were down. Uh, major uh, uh, transportation roads were were down. Uh, So our uh, protocol for accounting for deaths really wasn't uh, wasn't up to par. As soon as we saw that, we said, listen, we need to we need to get the the experts involved here. Uh, uh, You know, once they did their analysis, you know, very scientifically robust. I, I used to be a scientist myself. Um, you know, Im- immediately after they came out with the results, I, I 
you know, I said that the official we would use the official death toll count as, as uh, uh, what what they came off with. So uh, the important thing here is that uh, you know we we uh, uh, you know we recognize all of those families that that lost loved ones. Uh, this was a very painful time, um, uh, but that we also learn from uh, this devastation, not only in Puerto Rico but everywhere else uh, in the world, and and know that we have to have better protocols, that we have to prepare for the worst-case scenario, and that uh, our aspiration is uh, if, if we uh, or when we get hit by another uh, catastrophic event like this, we would have learned from, uh, from this devastation so we could uh, save more lives. Now, there was an estimation that more than 200,000 people left Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. And as businesses continue to recover, I'd like to know, are there jobs for people to come back to? Yes. uh, As a matter of fact, we're talking about the recovery, which has been a long process, no doubt. But there are very uh, interesting signs that that we are moving forward. Uh, Puerto Rico has had its five lowest totals of unemployment rate in our history in the past five months. Um, uh, Tourism industry is is starting to boom, 13% up from last year. Um, uh, small businesses, their sales are picking up about 39% growth from last year. We have about 5,000 new businesses uh, establishing themselves in Puerto Rico. And, you know, really the bulk of the recovery funding hasn't hasn't even arrived uh, to our island. So it's, it's looking up. Uh, there are opportunities. And and as a government, what we're trying to do is identify all, the, all of those opportunities uh, so that we can tell our folks over here in Puerto Rico uh, that, uh, you know, there are these opportunities that we can establish these training sessions as, uh, as well for our workforce uh, to develop and uh, that, that we can rebuild effectively. I, I can give you one uh, very big example, which is uh, the construction center uh, sector. Puerto Rico has about 45,000 uh, laborers in, in that sector, and we're going to need about 150,000. So that uh, that's a challenge, but that also uh, allows for a huge opportunity. And uh, I signed an executive order raising the minimum uh, wage on on uh, construction uh, from 7.25 to 15 dollars an hour. So that should be an additional motivation for folks to start seeing the construction sector as a you know as a big opportunity and uh, as a place to, to look for for jobs. Now, so while there's still a lot to do, we we feel optimistic that uh, this is a great opportunity for us to to really uh, do away with chronic chronic ills that we've had in the past and and rebuild a stronger, better Puerto Rico. I know it hasn't been that long, so I I know this is a a semi-complicated question because the recovery process is still ongoing, but do you think Puerto Rico is prepared if another hurricane were to strike? Because clearly hurricane season comes around every year. Yes. Well, it, it is, it, you know, last year, and I, and I said it uh, bluntly, if another uh, hurricane came, we would have been in a, you know, in, in a similar position uh, from, from before. Uh, you know, our infrastructure has been critical for, for a couple of decades now, and you can't fix that just in in a year's uh in a year's time that that takes a couple of years to do so so we're aggressively 
pursuing fixes on our energy grid, for example, making it harder, uh, more resilient, our uh, water system, um, our roads, uh, housing, and so forth with a, with a new constructions code so that we can uh, withstand the, you know, the wrath of another hurricane such as Maria, but also rebound stronger uh, than before. So uh, if, if the answer would have been in this, in this season, if we would, would have been hit by a hurricane of the magnitude of Maria, certainly the devastation would have been uh, on a similar level. But our aspirations is that uh, we're, a little, we're going to be a little bit uh, better prepared, both um, uh, you know, in terms of, of capacity building uh, from the human resource standpoint, as well, for, as, well as from the uh, infrastructure uh, resiliency side. Uh, also recently, President Trump sent out a tweet suggesting Puerto Rico was using disaster aid to fund debts, and he wanted to stop sending relief money, saying, quote, and again, I'm quoting him, the people of Puerto Rico are wonderful, but the inept politicians are trying to use the massive and ridiculously high amounts of hurricane disaster funding to pay off other obligations. The U.S. will not bail out long outstanding and unpaid obligations with hurricane relief money, exclamation point, end quote. Uh, I'm sure that tweet stung quite a bit, uh, and you actually sent out a tweet saying that you agree with him, and what did you mean by that? Well, uh, uh, well, two things. Number one, it's absolutely important that everybody knows that not a single cent of recovery funding can be used to pay debt. It's just something that can happen, and it's something that even if it could happen, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't support it. Uh, number two, I, I said I agreed with him because on those days uh, we have a fiscal oversight board that has uh, that uh, that establishes a, a plan forward, and uh, on that plan uh, moving forward they had a surplus, and uh, for for some reason we suspect that the president might have confused the surplus. Uh, that that they um, established with some sort of uh, indication that recovery funds were going to be used for for paying debts. Let me be absolutely clear on this. Not a single cent will be used from the recovery uh, to pay debt. Every cent and every dollar that comes uh, for recovery will be used for recovery purposes only. All right. Well, thank you for that clarification. Uh, one thing that uh, kind of surprised me that before Hurricane Maria struck, I read there were 80% of Americans didn't know people who lived on the island were American citizens. And what do you yep. think of that? In my in my view, it just uh, showcased where uh, the general consciousness of Puerto Rico was prior to the storm and where it is right now. You know, uh, prior to the storm, even after being a hundred years part of the United States uh, as a territory, uh, Puerto Rico could have been easily confused with Costa Rica by, you know, your average uh, U.S. citizen. And now, after the storm and after uh, you know the the coverage. Uh, that number has risen significantly. I've seen uh, public opinion uh, polls that show that upwards uh, of uh, 85 to 90 percent of uh, American citizens in the mainland know that we are part of the United States and that we are uh, U.S. citizens. Now, it's interesting because that that's you start understanding why it sort of was okay for the U.S. to have a a, a colonial territory back then, really because people 
weren't aware that that uh, the United States had a, a colonial territory. Uh, once a storm passed and they saw that there was a different treatment for, you know, uh, same U.S. citizens, they started asking the right questions. Uh, why is there a different treatment for, for these folks? Why is there a second-class uh, type citizenship? And how can this be fixed? And uh, uh, you know, I, I think that those questions need to be answered, uh, not only in the benefit of Puerto Rico, but for all of us that, that love what, what, you know, the United States stands for, a freedom, democracy, uh, opportunity. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of the unfinished business of American democracy, uh, where, where you have a, a jurisdiction of, uh, you know, 3.3 million U.S. citizens that are disenfranchised, that don't have representation, that can't vote for the president, yet they have to go to war, uh, and they, they do it in, in higher percentages than most states, and uh, we don't get equal share or, or equal treatment on, on federal programs. Uh, so now, uh, people are aware of this, and, and my petition to all uh, elected officials is to have a position on Puerto Rico, to have a position on uh, how are we going to end these this unequal treatment and uh, if we are, you know, to answer the question if we are satisfied with having a different type of citizenship uh, somewhere within the United States. I think that the answer is no, and I think that uh, the path forward leads to, uh, uh, you know, abiding by what the people in Puerto Rico want, which is uh, to become a, a full-fledged uh, part of the United States. And that leads me into my next question. You and several other politicians, including Florida Governor Rick Scott, have said you'd like to see Puerto Rico become the 51st state. Uh, can you go into a little bit more detail on that? Yes. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, several alternatives. Uh, once, once you recognize that there's a problem, uh, then the path forward is, is eliminating that problem. Uh, and uh, in our view, uh, statehood is, is the best solution for the U.S. citizens in Puerto Rico. And it's not only something ideological. We've actually had uh, two plebiscites in the past seven years in Puerto Rico that uh, where the people of Puerto Rico have chosen statehood as their preferred alternative. Now, it, we need Congress to act on this, uh, right? So, uh, as I mentioned, because we're a territory, we can have these democratic processes, uh, but no action is, is being taken. Uh, our petition is very clear. Uh, have have Congress uh, enable a, a an a uh, uh, status uh, uh, or a statehood act for Puerto Rico and have us, uh, you know, have a, a plebiscite where we choose if we want to become a state or not. Uh, my, my, you know, uh, my bet is that the vast majority of people will once again choose that they want to become part of the United States. And then we, we can enable this, uh, this transition uh, and we can uh, fulfill uh, the dream of, of being full citizens, uh, of uh, having equal participation and, and political rights. So uh, I'm glad that uh, you know, many, many leaders have, have taken a position on this, including uh, uh, Senator-elect uh, Scott. Uh, and that just means that, that, that we have high hopes that in this next coming session of Congress, uh, both in the House and in the Senate, this issue can be attended to. And this is definitely the most aggressive push for statehood that we've seen yet. But as you clearly mentioned, more members of Congress need to listen. Uh, Governor Roseo, I know that you do have to get going. Uh, while we have you, was there anything that you wanted to use this time for to tell people that they may not already know? Well, I think it's important to, to know that, that Puerto Rico 
uh, has had its share of, of challenges, but that we are making progress. You know, uh, uh, again, lowest levels of unemployment in our history. Uh, we are creating new jobs. Uh, new businesses are establishing themselves in Puerto Rico. Crime rates are going down very rapidly. Uh, and we're making uh, significant reforms on, on the social fronts. We, we have a new health care model uh, uh, with, with ample choice and, and access, uh, a new education reform. And uh, things, things are looking uh, uh, positive if, if we get the help of stakeholders. And that is why it is important for us to work together with the federal government, uh, because Puerto Rico can be a very unique spot uh, for investment and for people uh, to actually come and live here. And my goal is to put Puerto Rico on a path where we can show the world that we're open for business, uh, that we can become the connector of the Americas, uh, that we uh, show that in Puerto Rico we can innovate and establish a platform of innovation, and uh, finally, um, where we can, uh, as, as jobs turn more geographically independent, uh, people are going to be searching for great places to live, and, you know, I, I love our island. I think it's a phenomenal place to live. Uh, if we attend to some of these chronic ills and, and start developing, we could become uh, what I'm calling the home of the human cloud, uh, where instead of uh, folks uh, uh, leaving the island, they, they start coming over here. So uh, take a look at Puerto Rico, uh, cover the progress, and uh, be part of, of this new rebuild of our island. The home of the human cloud. All right, Puerto Rico, Governor Ricardo Oseo, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. We wish you all the best, and thank you again so much for being with us. Thank you, Daniel. And to our audience listening in, thank you so much for being with us. Guys, this is a great opportunity to keep on checking out our additional podcast. We've got a lot more good stuff coming. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Google Play Store. We're going to keep up to date, of course, on this and so many other things on weather.com. And you can always look for more stories on the Weather Channel app. See you next time.